Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to share our podcast has been nominated in Boise Weekly's annual Best of Boise contest. And while it's an honor to be nominated, I have to admit it would be even more fun to win. If we've helped you connect to the city you love, go to the link in the show notes to vote for us by May 23rd. Thanks, Boise. Today on CityCast Boise, last week, students at Eagle High heckled and walked out of a speech made by Scott Yenner, a Boise State University professor known for promoting misogynistic beliefs. The person behind the viral, socialistly awkward TikTok account took note of the moment and is here to talk with us about the reaction from the community and why she thinks the kids are all right. It's Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. So we're going to talk about the whole Eagle High situation, but let's start out with your first run-in with Scott Yenner. So why don't you just tell us who is Scott Yenner and why have you called him out a few times now? Yeah, so Scott Yenner is a political science professor at Boise State University. I believe right now he's on sabbatical, but a little over a year ago, he spoke at a national conservative conference and had said that women are too medicated, meddlesome, and quarrelsome. And I saw that clip. I was outraged, and so I made a TikTok about it, just kind of wanted to expose the problematic rhetoric that he was perpetuating, and it took off. It it went viral. Other people were also outraged, and there were protests. We started to have some consequences. Boise State responded, and when somebody gets consequences, it doesn't last very long if you're a conservative white man. So he was back speaking at Eagle High School. Yeah. And he was invited, we should say, by Turning Point USA Student Club at Eagle High Mm -hmm. to speak at their meeting during lunch. He was asked to talk about the effect that feminism has had on our society. And it didn't go well. What happened? Um, We've heard a lot of conservative rhetoric that you know, there's too much sexualization happening in schools. And Scott Yenner's speech, he was talking about sexual taboos and promiscuity and incest and pedophilia at a high school. And it it really felt like maybe a recycled speech he'd given elsewhere, but he did not make it age or audience appropriate. He just thought he could repurpose the same speech. Um, So I just thought that was a very interesting situation that that was the topic he was talking about, or that was the direction he took that topic in front of high school students. Yeah. And the students, uh, I mean, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, the people who invited him were there for it and interested in what he had to say. Uh, But there was a lot of booing and there was an organized student walkout as well. Yeah, I know whenever people protest or talk about him now, he treats it like a badge of honor, like he's being so put upon. He's such a victim. And he had actually mentioned that that there was a near riot. That that's how he characterized it. It was it was a group of students. They got up, they booed, and they walked out of the auditorium. But nobody could classify that as a n- near riot. Nobody is attacking you, Scott. You're fine. Calm down. Yeah, I mean, I have done a lot of all ages and college shows over the years, and watching that clip of him, I was 
really cracking up because from experience, I can tell you bombing in front of teenagers is a whole different animal than bombing in front of adults. Like you could uh, teenagers are terrifying. Yes. Like those kids were fully mocking him, you know, and laughing at him. Did you get the sense that he was like really feeling that? Do you think he felt kind of humiliated? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was just like the way he was kind of meandering around the stage. He I think he was taken aback because generally we're we're so trained to like be polite or just walk out or don't make a scene. And high schoolers don't really have that inhibition. And so there was one point where he was talking. He said his quote was that feminism promotes the homosexual agenda. And there was just like raucous cheering like it was (laughs) it was. And he was taken aback. I don't think he was ready for that. He tried to speak while they were still cheering. And I he was definitely different moments where he was trying to take control of the situation or reassert himself as as the main speaker. You could see he was getting flustered. He didn't know how to cope with the high schoolers absolutely just mocking him to his face. Yeah. And it made me think, you know, as a performer, you know, from an outside objective perspective, removing myself from the fact that I obviously disagree with Yenner's uh, statements pretty strongly. Watching him, I was like, this is one of the most painful things to have happen. Bombing is so hard like that when you are doing poorly in front of a crowd. I think you were right. Like, I think he expected that these kids would sit quietly through this, even if they disagreed. And I don't think he knows that Gen Z is feral. Like these kids, I love them. I love it. I have three of them. I mean, they really have a different set of standards for what they'll put up with. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have I have a Gen Zer that I'm raising and they have no problem. They will absolutely brutalize you to your face and they don't feel bad about it. And (laughs) I don't think he was ready for that. And and like there was even moments where where he was really trying to denigrate women and talking about them having mental illness and basically mental defects. And they started laughing. And so in the most boomer way possible, Scott's like, that's not funny. I don't think that's funny. Like, <laughs> OK, yes, yeah, Scott, tell the high schoolers it's not funny, Scott. <laughs> like, what are you, a principal in an 80s movie? Like, exactly. you got <laughs> to meet them. You know, that was yeah, it was one of my favorite moments as well. I thought it was interesting. So we should say, like, the school was notified of Yenner's event and district policy at West Ada says that clubs have they just have to get the approval of the principal or assistant principal before scheduling an outside presenter, even if that's controversial. And so somebody okayed this. So I'm wondering, what's the reaction from the community been? Obviously, within this state, within this area, within this area, there are a lot of conservatives who agree with those perspectives or at least are permissive of those perspectives. But a lot of people were really upset. And I've gotten dozens of messages from parents who either didn't know what was happening or did and were trying to contact the school. And the school basically said, our hands are tied. But I mean, the the issue I have is that if there had been oh, I don't know, a leftist or someone who is LGBTQ, even talking about anything else there for like GSA, any other club, I think there would have been an absolute uproar. I think adults would have been there protesting. I don't think that speech would have happened. But we're just fine with allowing this conservative man to come talk to high schoolers about topics that conservatives have previously said are inappropriate to be discussed at high schools. And you know, there was there was outrage, but I also think that there was a lot of permissiveness about it because of who he is and because of the perspective that he's coming at this from. 
Yeah, I saw one mom of a student at Eagle High who her student is gay say that her kid said, I don't feel safe going to school here anymore. I want to start homeschooling. And they had a a conversation about homeschool. And it does make me think how easily I mean, we're laughing about it because this is something I think as a as a woman, especially uh, as an LGBTQ person, a lot of times you learn to have a sense of humor about this. But the reality is, is that they invited a, a speaker who has said he doesn't believe women should work outside the home. He doesn't believe women should be in uh, engineering courses, things like that. And I feel like as a young woman at the school, I can picture how bad that feels. I mean, I know how bad that feels. Yeah. Well, and I think we have to talk about how this is a symptom of larger things in our society. And there's been a lot of discussion about the students who walked out and how they walked out. And I think that they handled themselves very, very well, very appropriately, and I'm very proud of them. But there was also, we need to talk about the students who stayed and what they did because they were heckling the students who left. They were chanting free top G, which is uh, an incel Andrew Tate kind of chant that I think was meant to intimidate them. And so we have to talk about the impact that that does have on the students, that those who left know that there are a significant amount of students, it appeared to be mostly boys, who felt empowered by Scott Yenner coming and belittling women and belittling their role in society. And that made them feel empowered enough to mock their fellow students. I think that's a really strong point and something that often gets lost in these conversations. And I saw on uh, your videos a lot of responses like, I think it's so important to bring in these voices. Kids needs to be exposed to a lot of ideas. This is how they learn critical thinking. Do you agree with that? Or, or do you feel like, no, that isn't actually helpful? That isn't a good thing for the school to do? I think that absolutely there needs to be a wide range of discussion about all kinds of topics, about political theories, about economic theories. I think we can talk about those. Those are ideas that we need to talk about and that it is important to be exposed to a broad range of ideas. I think it is disingenuous to say that this is part of the marketplace of ideas because dehumanizing people, dehumanizing an entire gender is not an idea that that we all need to talk about. Yeah, I think, you know, it's easy if you've never been on the receiving end of the those ideas to think that they're that talking about them is harmless, that, you know, that uh, what happened at the school was a healthy debate, but it actually feels pretty bad to have your humanity debated. Yeah, it makes me wonder, you know, I, I saw some people say and, and I believe this to be true. I believe Scott Yenner wants attention and that a lot of this, a lot of what he does comes from a place of wanting the spotlight. And, you know, not everybody can be a great TikToker. You know, not everybody can be a comedian. Not everybody can find a way to like open mic their ideas and express themselves creatively and get feedback from people. And so people do this, right? People are, you know, rabble rousers. They are agitators. Um, What do you say to people who say just ignore him? I think there's a balance between exposing what is happening, talking about what is happening and why it's problematic and having that conversation without also promoting them and their ideology. And so if nobody says anything, it continues to happen. And then I know that that children and other people look at this and go, oh, well, this adult, this authority figure is saying that and they're a professor and they've been educated. So they must know what they're talking about, that that there needs to be a response, that there needs to be somebody calling that out and being that voice, that counter voice that says, no, 
women shouldn't be dehumanized. That's not an okay platform. And I, I think that just never talking about something is a permissiveness towards it, is a, is a tacit or implicit allowance of those ideas to be perpetuated that a lot of times you do have to step up and say, no, this is wrong. This is incorrect. Yeah. I always say when people say, like, don't feed the trolls, don't argue with people. I'm like, I'm not talking to the trolls so that the trolls listen to me. I'm saying something so like uh, my trans friends know I have their back or, you know, that the LGBTQ community knows somebody is arguing with this. And so the other women know, like, this is not how you're supposed to be treated, especially young women. I don't think Scott will ever agree with me or ever stop. Mm -hmm. But I want those high schoolers to know that they they are valid, that whatever they choose for their life is valid. And that some, you know, conservative man telling them that they're wrong, they don't need to listen. There's no value in that, that they shouldn't stop for one second because Scott Yenner said they're a problem. You know, like we were saying earlier, like, yes, there were kids who invited him, who wanted him there. And then there were these kids who booed and walked out. So what do you think this all in the end says about Idaho youth? I think that there is a large divide in Gen Z, that there is the Gen Z that is not afraid to speak up. They are not afraid to shout down these voices that are problematic and dangerous and dehumanizing. And they're, I am so amazed at how brave and strong they are at that age to be willing to do that. Unfortunately, also, I'm seeing lots of, lots of strains of Gen Z who are embracing the Andrew Tates, the incels, the Vincent James Foxes. They, they are embracing that ideology that the issues we're seeing are caused by women and feminism. And so that is the enemy. And that is that is scary that that is becoming more popular and acceptable as an ideology to have. And so I think I'm I'm excited for a lot of Gen Z because they are willing to stand up and step up and say all of the things that need to be said. And I am also scared that on the other side, we have a lot of them who are embracing things that are very problematic. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for making time to talk to us today. It was so good to get to finally meet you. And uh, I look forward to checking in with you after the next Yenner snafu. Yes, I would say I'll be there. You know, I'll be there. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so great to talk to you. And a couple more things to know before we sign off. Former Boise City Councilperson Lisa Sanchez spent nearly 15000 in campaign funds last year. That's according to the Idaho Press. The other council members didn't spend more than 3400 with two members not spending anything at all during the non-election year. Sanchez spent about a quarter of that money on food, including 230 at the downtown Java location over a dozen visits and about $700 at Chandler's over two visits. And in other news, Boise State Public Radio is reporting that Representative Bruce Skog of Nampa has proposed Idaho's first transgender-focused bill of 2023. The proposal makes all gender-affirming care for youth a felony. Skog claims that medicine is not on the side of these procedures now and that hormone treatments sterilize youth. A vast majority of physicians support gender-affirming care, and a recent study found that hormones do not cause permanent sterility. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Bye.